0: Well, I want to take a second and look into the camera tonight. I know there are some people that are working or have young children or something's going on in your life, and so you're not able to be here, but you're here with us in spirit. I want you to know you're as much a part of this service as those that are here. We wish you were in person, but we understand. Come on, Heartland family, help me welcome all of them to church today. You guys look good. Do you feel good? Well, I want to do something really quickly before Pastor Micah comes, and uh, today's a really special day for my life, uh, because it's a celebration of me and my wife. Uh, Today is our 18th wedding anniversary, and I, I think I have a picture. I gave a picture of our wedding day, sweetheart. Look, there it is, 18 years ago. Here's what I don't understand. I look 12, and you look the exact same, like you just, I don't know, you're aging the opposite way, it's amazing, but I want you to know as my wife, I love you, and I'm so honored to get to do ministry with you, you're my best friend, and uh, I thank God for the mountains that we overcame early in our marriage. and. You're the best wife I could have ever hoped for, and she's a feisty one, too. I'm just going to let you know, but uh, I love you, sweetheart. From the bottom of my heart, uh, you're the best. All right, I want to I wanna take a minute and welcome uh, our guest for tonight. Uh, we're going to get right into it. That's what we do during Seek Week. Uh, got a new friend for all of you to meet tonight. And uh, several years ago, I got to meet Micah, uh, Pastor Micah, at, I can't remember where we were. It was an event, probably a team church event. And immediately upon meeting him, uh, I liked him a lot. And uh, partially, maybe that's because he's a, he's a Canadian. Uh, you'll notice that from the moment he starts talking. Uh, but what I really like about him is there is an integrity. There was a humility on his life, and I saw him a couple. <laughs> this is sort of last minute, but I, I just, I had been really praying about tonight, and there have been several people that I was going to reach out to, and I just, and I just uh, texted Micah from across the room. I said, "Would you come to Seek Week?" And he said, "Let me check," and uh, he said, "Yes," and I'm so glad he said yes uh, because I think you're going to really be enriched tonight by his ministry, pastors. Uh, This is their 20th year where he moved to the town of Belleville, Ohio and planted a church. And I feel sorry for him because he got off the airplane and he's he's not used to heat like this. Uh, And uh, Micah, you're a gift to the body of Christ. I know that you're going to do an incredible job tonight, but uh, take your time and do whatever it is that you feel like. God wants you to do. You're a a part of our family now. Heartland, would you do this? Would you honor up, honor down, honor all around? Would you stand and welcome Pastor Michael Pelkey as he comes.
1: What's up, Heartland? So good to see you guys. I want to give honor to your pastors and to the Dean family. Uh, Pastor Dan, probably wouldn't have even known, uh, but when I was, I just turned 50 in June, but when I was about 12 or 13, he had such an impact on my life. And uh, just now, 37, 38 years ago, to be connected to Pastor Dusty and his family, Uh, but then enjoying worship, uh, I I leaned over to your brother. I'm like, is that your brother? Uh, But just to the whole family, your sister, just... Can we just honor the Dean family and let them know how much we appreciate them tonight? I also want to welcome everyone that is joining us online. So glad that you are with us online tonight. I have heard that there are talks. Where's my social media people at? Anyone do social media in the room just by show of hands? Social media people. I've heard there's talks of a major social media merger. Uh, between YouTube and Twitter and Facebook um, they would merge into one big social media site and and it's expected the new site's going to be called you um, that's not funny but welcome everyone joining online we are so glad that you are with us tonight no that's not funny When I tell people that I am from Canada, almost every time they will ask me which part, and I always tell them my whole body. Um, I was born on the East Coast, New Brunswick, just above Maine. My dad pastored from one coast to the other, Uh, pastored in British Columbia, pastored a church in Montreal, Quebec. That's where I graduated. And I didn't know it was your anniversary today. Happy anniversary. Angel and I just celebrated 26 years in May. uh, And happy anniversary to you guys. They say the secret of a happy marriage uh, remains a secret. (laughs) Just by show of hands, how many in the room are married? How many in the room married? People just keep your hands raised. Uh, Speaking of marriage and, and their anniversary, I heard the joke about... Uh, The speaker who was gathered in a room like this speaking to an audience and the speaker asked the audience how many women want to mother their husbands. And there was one lady in the back, she was waving her hand and the speaker stopped and he asked her, he said, ma'am, you you want to mother your husband? And She said, I thought you said smother. (laughs) I thought you said smother. But happy anniversary. (laughs) Truly is an honor to be here tonight. I want to talk to you in the next 30 minutes just on a subject that the moment your pastor texts me across the room, we were listening to my pastor, Kevin Gerald, share, and he texts me in the middle and said, "Would would you come and... And be part of Seek Week, and it's an honor to be here. The moment I read his text, this passage of scripture was the first that came to mind. So I'm not sure on site or online who it is exactly that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to tonight. But that would be my hope uh, that you would just open up your heart and you would let God speak to you on this first night session of Seek Week. I want to talk to you on this subject. Where did it sink? Where? did it sink? Can we say that together? Where did it sink? Can we pray together? God, thank you for allowing me to be here tonight. Thank you for letting my plane leave on time from Cleveland. Thank you that I got here in time. Thank you that all of these people, when I walked in the room, many of them were praying with their families, their kids. Most importantly, I'm glad that the Holy Spirit is here. I'm asking you, God, to anoint me to speak to your people. I promise you, I will give you all the glory. I know that you alone are worthy. I know it's your kingdom, your power, and your glory. So speak to your church tonight. Let people from Heartland get in their vehicles, pull off this property. And let this be a moment, a service that marks their lives spiritually. And I pray it in the name that has all power in heaven and in earth, the name of Jesus. There's no name like the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to read to you out of Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, and then for those of you that have your Bibles, I will read seven verses out of 2 Kings chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 1 says, Therefore... We ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Second Kings chapter six, verse number one says, One day the guild of prophets came to Elisha and said, You can see that this place where we're living under your leadership is getting cramped we have no elbow room give us permission to go down to the Jordan where each of us will get a log and we'll build a roomier place Elisha said go ahead one of them said please come along with us he said certainly He went with them they came to the Jordan started chopping down trees and as one of them was felling a timber his axe head flew off and sank in the river. Oh no, master, he cried out, and it was borrowed. The holy man said, This is what I want us to talk about in the next 30 minutes. Where did it where did it sink? The man showed him the place, he cut off a branch, tossed it at the spot, the axe head floated up. Grab it, he said. The man reached out and and took it. When we read this story together and we tie in the single scripture I shared at the onset, take heed lest at any time in your life you will let things slip. We read these seven verses and it talks about this man who is felling a timber, and while he is felling a timber, this axe head goes flying off. When we read these verses, the thing that is the foundation of the passage at the very onset is that they are having a lot of growth. There is vision, if you would, it's almost like they're adding extra seats or services. They're excited about what's happening at camps and some, some great things happening in these seven verses that we just read. And if we just press pause on the passage just, just at the very start and just said, thank God for growth. Yeah. Thank God that there was once a time that maybe if you look down your row, there would have been empty seats. But now when you look down your row, a lot of those seats are filled. Thank God for growth. Next Sunday, we had baptism sign-ups today at Storyside Our Church, and, and next Sunday, we had over 75 people sign up to be baptized, and thank God for growth. Thank God for growth. We could begin even right now tonight to talk about we could talk about people's lives who have been changed, addictions, habits that have been broken, different things we could talk about and, and settle on just an appreciation and a gratitude that would say, thank God for growth. And thank God for the people who help facilitate growth. You don't have growth if you don't have people who are willing to play their part with growth that could be first impressions it could be people who come hours throughout the week and some of them have spent years learning to play an instrument or people that will bring their gifts and say we want to lead the church in worship there are people who will give some of them months and even years to kids' ministry and student ministry. There are guys like creatives and sound and tech and so many people that maybe a lot of times you don't even see them. They're just in the, sha- the shadows of, of the church. But, but you wouldn't have growth if it wasn't for all of the people who were playing their part in seeing the church experience this moving forward. Thank God for growth. The Bible says that in this momentum they start saying we have in this translation we have no we have no elbow room. You know sometimes in life growth can sound great until it happens. You know, studies say that people, if they go to watch a movie and they get to the movie theater and the only seats left are seats in the front row where you're watching like this, studies will say that people will actually pick a different movie. That growth in this story is a great thing until you don't even have any room. You know, sometimes even in church, We could say, God, we want revival, we want growth, and then it starts happening, and maybe in the middle of growth, you don't get your same parking spot or your preferred seat, or you're not singing as many lead songs or solos as what you used to. We could say, I'm excited about growth until growth starts happening. And then they go to the man of God, and they say, under your leadership, You remember when we read that? Under your leadership, we don't have elbow room. We need to build. The King James Version said it was too straight. The Bible says in verse 2, they go to the man of God to ask permission. The King James Version says they went to him and they said, we pray thee. I think this is an important part of the passage because in 2023 if we're not careful, we live in a generation that doesn't want to ask permission for anything. They go to the man of God and they say, can we get permission? I have four kids, my, my kids are 23, 21, 15 and 13. I know that's weird names, but that's what we picked. Um, (laughs) I have three girls, Brooklyn, Jalen, Eliana, my boy, Micaiah Solomon. But if we're not careful, we could raise a generation that thinks that permission is not something that even matters anymore. Now, whether or not it's a parent or a youth pastor, a pastor, an accountability partner, someone who's in your life group or your connect group, that the Bible talks about there being wisdom in getting input from others. The Bible says here that they ask permission. And so they start out on this venture of building and expanding and growing. But while they are felling a timber, we could talk tonight about, there's a lot in seven verses we could talk tonight about how great it is that all of them are playing a part. The Bible says that each man is felling a beam or cutting a beam. That would be a great talk on a Sunday night of Seek Week what would happen in Heartland Church if everyone would just play their part, if everyone would tithe, if everyone would serve, if everyone would be committed, if everyone would be heart and soul, if everyone would say whatever I can do. Can you imagine what would happen in our region, in our area, if everyone would just play their, their part? And that's a great part of this story. Tonight, I want to talk to you not so much about playing your part or even getting permission or whether or not you think there's no elbow room. What I want to talk to you about in the next few minutes is about one guy in the story who the Bible says that as he is felling a timber, as he is cutting down this tree, the Bible says that his axe head goes flying off. Now when I read this story, one thing that stands out to me in this moment is that you can be winning and losing at the same time. You could be growing, you could be adding seats, be filling chairs, you could be winning. Right in the middle of winning, you could also be losing. When we read these seven verses, the Bible says that when this ax head goes Flying off, or it falls into the water. The King James Version says he starts to cry. And he wants us to know it was borrowed. And he goes through just what the Bible is re- referencing or calling losing. He loses this axe head. Everyone say losing. The Bible talks a lot about losing. When I think about the word losing, if you and I was to have a conversation right now, not hundreds of people, just just you and I, if, if we were to have a conversation right now, or maybe if we were to talk right now, Or if it was just you and I, sir, and we we just talked about what have you lost in your life? Maybe if I ask you, what, what do you think we're losing? Maybe someone would say, Pastor Micah, I feel like we're losing in our schools with education. Maybe someone else would say, I feel like we've lost this in our nation. Maybe others, we would sit over coffee You would get more personal. You would begin, for some of you, maybe even put a name on it. It's my son, Pastor Micah. My daughter. Maybe others, you'd be honest or transparent enough to say it's my marriage. It's the relationship that we once had. You know, when you talk about losing, I won't share all of them, but the Bible, in talking about loss or losing, John 6 says that there's 5,000 people, 5,000 men, plus women and children, and the Bible says Jesus referred to them as looking lost. Lost. Ephesians would say that it's possible that you and I can lose our sensitivity. The song we sang tonight, I don't want to come entitled, the lyrics are up there and we're looking at the lines. It's it's saying things like, I don't want to come and just go through the motions. Because Scripture tells us it's possible that can happen. The Bible will talk about the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, lost time. The psalmist would talk about lost footing. It means you're not stable like you once were. The Bible talks about lost savor. If a salt loses its savor, Scriptures in 2 Corinthians and others that will talk about without the gospel, people are lost. The Bible says in Matthew 16, what would it profit a man if he would gain the whole world and lose soul? Luke 19 says, it's one of the vision or mission statements, the Son of Man came to seek and to save, which is lost. Now for this guy, he loses an axe head. But I want to ask you tonight in our time together, what is it that you have lost in your life? If you were honest with God on a Sunday night, you lost your purpose, lost your vision, maybe others you would say, Mike, I've lost my energy, my joy, my peace, my praise my appreciation, my passion, my drive, my burden. The Bible talks about how you and I can lose our first love. You can leave it. There once was a time no one would have to say, stay up late, sacrifice the energy. There once was a time that you are so excited to be in God's presence. No one would have to encourage or twist an arm or I went to Bible college in 1990. This is my 33rd year of some form of ministry and over the years you meet some people that initially at the start at the beginning They're so excited to tell their friends or their co-workers about Jesus. I've watched people that they would make two or three trips with a vehicle. Bringing their kids, bringing friends. People that were so hungry for the things of God, the presence of God. But it is possible. In the midst of momentum, to go through seasons in our lives where we, I know it's not an axe head flying off, but we can go through seasons in our lives where we begin to lose. Here's what I would like you to envision tonight where you and I lose our edge. Your edge. Where there once was a time that you would, and I'm saying it even about myself, but but we could say, I don't want to sing a song. I don't want to, I was a drummer growing up, but, but I don't want to drum. I don't want to get a bass or a guitar. I don't want to teach a kid's class. I don't want to greet until I've prayed, until I feel like there's an anointing on my life, until I know the Holy Spirit is flowing through me. But if we're not careful, As time passes by, in the middle of momentum, we actually can all lose our our edge. Not sharp like it used to be. Not sensitive like it used to be. You know, one of the things that's dangerous about it is in the middle of momentum. Remember, everyone is felling trees. Everyone's doing a beam. Everyone. The danger is you could slip into a room like this and raise your hands, and because you've done it 33 years, Micah, or however long you've been around, if we're not careful, we just raise the axe handle and we just go on. I'm so glad to be here on a Sunday night. We pick up the axe handle and we'll just start drumming away because we know the beat and we know the rhythm and we know We know the stuff to say. We know the words to use. We know the responses to give. How are you? Blessed and highly favored. God's good all the time. And although a lot of that is true, if the Holy Spirit went on a walk with you just for a moment tonight, If some of you were honest, you would have to admit to God, you've lost your edge. Your edge. And this could be in the communication of your marriage. The passion. The fire. This could be in your family. The value of kids. This could be in your vision, creativity. The purpose that God has for you, marketplace ministry. This could be in church. But every one of us, if we are not careful, has the potential to lose our edge. For this man, and I'm coming to a close, for this man, he actually lost what was helping him succeed. He lost what was working in his life. And in this moment, before he goes to the man of God, I I think the crossroads of this this story is whether or not I'm just going to keep going through the motions. How long have you been married? How are your kids doing? How is the business? How are you? And we can just go through the motions, or we could stop on a Sunday night. And say, God, honestly, I've lost my edge. I know I don't have joy and peace like I once did. I know I'm not resting. The Bible says he gives his beloved rest. I'm not resting like I once did. Anxieties and worries and stresses and questions and money. And God, if I was honest, my trust level's not where it once was. I feel the Holy Spirit for someone tonight. It's just a moment of honesty and admitting, God, there are some things in my life where I have lost Lost the edge. Let me say this in closing tonight. That if you're sitting in this room and you're watching online, and some things or even some people are coming to your mind right now because you know this has this has gone flying off. This has sank me say this tonight, I'm sorry. I prayed it on the plane coming down today. I just wrote it in my notes this afternoon. God, I am so sorry for the people that are going to be sitting there tonight that as I am sharing this story, they would say, Micah, I know some things in my life that have sank. You probably don't want to admit it. You probably don't want to say it tonight. I prayed for you before the plane ever landed. Not even so much that you would tell me, I prayed that you would be honest with God tonight. I bet if you were to look down your row, you're sitting beside some people tonight that have had some things sink in their life. What do you do when you lose your edge? What do you do when there once was a time that you are the one singing, God, I worship you, God, I praise you, God. And now when the song is being played, I don't want to be entitled. I don't want to go through the motions. If you were honest, there's are some areas of your life that you would say, that's me. It's me. What causes this? I think discouragement. I think Distractions. What causes people to lose their edge when I think of distractions? I've heard that failure is slain, it's thousands, but distraction, it's tens of thousands. They say distraction is the death of your calling in slow motion. In 30 plus years of ministry, distraction shows up. My kids, you know, I have several kids play travel sports, and even as a pastor, life can have so many distractions. On top of that, we have the devil, the devil's devices, and the devil that wants to steal and kill and destroy. And Ephesians says the wiles of the devil. The devil wants nothing more than for your axe head to go down He wants students, your axe head, just to go flying off. Marriages, the axe head, go flying off. When we pray tonight, I pray over every man, I pray over every woman, every dad, every mom. 2023, the devil wants nothing more than for your axe head to go flying off. He'll attack family and he'll attack gender and all of these things. He wants you and I to lose our edge. He wants our churches to lose our edge. As we get ready to pray, I think one thing, Pastor Dusty, that just stands out to me in this story, there's a lot that comes at me in seven verses, but one that really stands out to me is the Bible says he lost it while he was working. It may be the most sobering part of the whole Scripture. Because, Pastor Cody, if we said... This guy was really fringe. He used to come all the time. Now you're lucky to, to see him every four or five or six weeks. He was passionate. He was on fire, but now he's like a come late, leave early. If we said this, this guy, man, he's really distanced himself, I think the story would make more sense to me. But then when I read that it happened while he was It's sobering because it means that you and I could be right in the middle of seek week. And someone lost their edge. And the Bible says that in this crying moment, the man of God asked him a question. Here's what I would like you to think about as we wrap up our time together. The man of God asked him a question. Where did it sink? You ready to be honest with God? Where did it sink? Where did it start going down? Where did you lose your edge? Where did you start fading? When did you start going through the motions? When did God's burden get heavy in your life? The Bible says the man showed him the place. Where did it sink? Was it when you prayed for a healing that didn't happen? Was it the miscarriage? Was it the broken relationship? Was it when the person that you never dreamed would walk out or they did? Where? Where did it sink if the Holy Spirit took you on a walk right now on a Sunday night, where are you and the Holy Spirit going to go? The Holy Spirit pointing out a place, was it there? Was it the gossip, the post? Was it the rumor, was it the lie, where? Was it the cemetery? Was it the person you trusted that you never thought it would be them? Because there's a lot of water here. But if we're honest with God, most of us could go to the place and say it was right there. Right there, that's where it started. The Bible said once they had the place that the preacher, the man of God, the Bible says that he cuts cuts off a branch. How did we lose this thing in the first place? Trying to cut. (laughs) Now he's going to get another branch. The Bible says that he throws it in the place where they lost their edge, and it starts floating. In other words, God restores. and God gives him a chance to get back what he lost, and he does it with this. Now you and I, in 2023, living under the dispensation of grace, this isn't a cross, but Jesus gave you and I a chance to get back anything we've ever lost through the cross. But on this Sunday night of Seek Week, what is it in your life that God would say, do you want it back Would you like it to be restored? Because if you do, you can get it this week. Your mind, your heart, your thoughts, your emotions, ministry, calling, purpose, you want it? You want God to touch your marriage? You want God to touch your family? Some things that you thought were gone, do you want them back? God said, I I can give it to you. All of a sudden, in this moment of what was lost, this axe head starts floating again. And here's what I want you to do. I'm asking you tonight as we get ready to pray that you would just visualize this axe head floating on a Sunday night for you. Whatever it is that you have lost in your life. Bible said that when this axe head started floating, he reached out and grabbed it. You see, it's one thing, it's one thing for it to start floating and God to say, you want it back? You want it back? I'll give it to you back. But think about this, what's your name, ma'am? God says, here it is, but what I need you to do is I need you to grab it. Because in the presence of God, the anointing of God, God could cause all kinds of things to start floating. Here's joy, but I need you to grab it. Here's your rest back, but I need you. I need you to grab it. The call of God on your life that you thought was over and done. The call of God that sank to the bottom and you thought there's no way after that failure, that mistake, that mess up and God brings it back to the top. But you've gotta grab it. You've gotta say Seek Week is my moment, my time to get back what I thought was gone. I'm going to get my child back. I'm going to get my son and daughter. I'm going to get our future. I'm going to get vision back. Business leaders. It starts floating. But are you going to reach out in? Reach out and grab it? What is it that you have allowed? What is the edge that you have lost that God is saying? I can give this back to you. I just need you to be honest enough to admit it's not what it used to be. And then, when I bring it back, and the Holy Spirit begins to work, then I need you to reach out in. I need you to grab it. You should close your eyes and give me the honor to pray with you. Seven twenty-four on a Saturday, on a Sunday night. Just close your eyes just for a moment. Maybe for some of you, when I talk about losing your edge, you go to things of character, integrity in your life. That there's a that there's a, a thing in your life, an addiction, a habit, you would have never, you would have never dreamed of cutting those corners. You would have never dreamed of looking. You would have never dreamed of going. You would have never dreamed. But, but as time just kept going, you lost your edge, edge of holiness, edge of purity, edge of saying, God, I want to honor you. Maybe for others it is that prayer and praise and worship I talked about. Maybe for some it's the edge of generosity. That God has called you and called you and called you to be a generous person. You've lost the edge of being generous. Maybe when I talk about evangelism and people I've watched that were so excited to share the good news with with people, but over time, it's not even about bringing others. They're almost lucky to bring themselves anymore. Maybe you would say, Micah, that's the edge I've lost. For some of you young leaders, I have such a heart for young leaders. I just preached a college conference, 800 college students. And if you are young in the room tonight, just know, I know we're just meeting, I love you. Some of you that have felt the call of God at camps and conferences, but you've let some of those things in your life, you know you've let the edge go. And God is saying, I want to restore that. Like right now, tonight. Middle school and high school, that God is saying, don't go back to school without your edge. Don't go back to that locker room without your edge. Don't go back to that team without your edge. With eyes closed all over the room, from the youngest to the oldest, I want you to think about an area of your life Or maybe the edge isn't what it used to be. Once you have it in your mind, this is between you and God, but once you have it in your mind, you would say, God, I really want to get the edge back. Would you raise your hand just so I can pray with you tonight? Thank you. Just keep your hand raised long enough. Thank you. Hands are going up all over the room. I want you specifically to have something in your mind tonight. I want my edge back. I want my edge back. Hands are still going up. I want my edge back. Wow, this is a beautiful thing. Hands are still going up. Just you and Jesus right now, you're honest enough, transparent enough to tell them, I want it back. I want it back. I'm going to pray for you. The team is going to lead us in that song again. But here's what I'm asking you to do tonight as I pray. Some of you, if you would get the courage and the boldness to step out and come all the way to the front, where it's like, I don't care what anyone thinks, I want to get my edge back. For some of you, you may want to kneel right where you're at. You may want to lean forward just in a posture of humility before God to say, God, I want to get my edge back. But I pray for every person tonight that has raised their hand in this room. I pray for people online that are listening that are saying, God, I believe you have spoke to me tonight and I wanna get my edge back. I pray that things that have slipped Things that we have let get lax or lackadaisical or even lukewarm. I pray there would be a wave of the Holy Spirit tonight. I pray the grace of God and the mercy of God would show up for someone right now and let them know you can get it back. God, I feel the Holy Spirit even as I pray tonight. Let someone know there is hope. It's not sank. It's not gone forever. I know the devil wants you to think it's over and done, but I want to declare tonight to someone, it can come back. And in this moment, you would reach out and say, God, I'm going to grab it. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to grab it. I don't see anyone looking around. But if you feel in your heart, you need to make a move right now to kneel where you're at or to come to the front. I know it takes courage. I know your mind's going to tell you what are people going to think. But I'll be honest with you tonight. You getting your edge back is more important than anyone's opinion. And if there's something in your life, you would say, I'm coming, God. I am coming right now. Thank you for coming. I'm coming right now. I want my edge back. I want my praise back. I want my passion back, my vision, my heart for God. I want the call of God. I want the call of God back in my life. Thank you for coming. For some of you, I want my marriage back. I want my family back. Thank you for coming. You may even want to come and pray with someone. I don't want to go through the motions, God. Can we stand all over the room? People are still coming. But from the front to the back, can we just begin to reach out to God and say, God, I want my edge back. Thank you for coming. I want my edge back, God. I want the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Sensitivity to the gifts of the Spirit. Sensitivity to the anointing of God. Thank you for coming. I want my edge back, God. You may even feel to pray for someone in the room tonight, this first night session of Seek Week. I want my edge back, God. If you're standing beside your husband or wife and you want to pray for your family, why don't you do that right now? Just pray, God, bring it back. Let it float again. Let it be restored. Let it be renewed, God. Nothing,
2: nothing, matters, more.
1: nothing matters. Nothing matters more than you, God. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name
2: of Jesus. The name of Jesus about I just